0: And welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures We give all praises to the Most High in Christ and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness At this point, let me remind everyone in the audience that the chat room is open and available for your comments or questions This week's topic has to deal with something that occurred Early this year, in fact, it was on the very first day of the year, on New Year's Day, and there were a couple of people that got married uh, in the Episcopal Church. And probably the first question that comes to your mind is why is that news, why is that worthy of uh, a program on Blog Talk Radio in the virtual living room? Well, the reason why is because these two people that got married, it turns out they're lesbians, and they are also clergy members. And in the mind of some people, you might still say, so what's the big deal? You know, I mean, in some states, same-sex marriage is legal, right? Well, that's correct. But there are people that still contend about this very same subject. And joining me today in the virtual living room to discuss this, we have first off our brother Abaja.
1: Hey, shalom to everyone in the chat room. Shalom to our listeners. It's good to be here and most the most high name of Christ bless everyone for the edification uh, that we can get through the scriptures.
0: And we also have with us Kabar.
2: Yes. Shalom brothers and sisters, good to be with you. Giving our praise to the most high in Christ for the opportunity to bring forth the doctrine of Christ.
0: And also with us in the virtual living room, we have your your one of
3: Yes, giving all praises to the
0: Heavenly Father and the Son Christ Welcome to um, all listeners, blog talk, blog talk listeners am glad to be here today uh, Brothers, what I'd like to do uh, first of all uh, To really bring the audience up, it, up to speed uh, First I'm going to go ahead and, and post uh, a link to the article That we got this information from in the chat room And that's posted now And then I want to read um, a, a, a few paragraphs here uh, so that uh, we can kind of get a gist of what's going on here uh, The title to the article is Two Lesbian Episcopal Clergy Married on New Year's And this was written by Lillian, Lillian Kwan Of the Christian Post Reporter And it reads uh, Two Lesbian Episcopal Priests Kicked off the New Year by marrying in Massachusetts The very Reverend Catherine Hancock Ragsdale Dean and President of Episcopal Divinity School and Malley Lloyd, canon to the ordinary, married on Saturday at St. Paul's Cathedral in Boston in front of nearly 400 guests. The Right Reverend M. Thomas Shaw, Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Massachusetts, solemnized the marriage. For Orthodox Anglicans, the Bishop, I'm sorry, for Orthodox Anglicans, the lesbian union was another act of defiance. This is another action of reckless disregard for the life of the Anglican communi- Communion and the authority of the Bible by the Episcopal Church. The Right Reverend David C. Anderson, President and CEO of the American Angle- Anglican Council, told the Christian Post they continue to ignore the Communion's pleas for restraint. And continue to go their own way the Episcopal Church in the US defines marriage as between a man and woman but in 2009 the national body passed a resolution allowing bishops particularly those in civil jurisdictions where same-sex marriage and civil unions are legal to provide generous pastoral response to meet the needs of members in this church that year Shaw gave the green light for clergy in the diocese of Massachusetts to solemnize all marriages. Same-sex marriage was legalized in Massachusetts in 2004. The blessing of same-sex union within the Episcopal Church is nothing new, and such actions have drawn rebuke from the wider Anglican Communion, which is comprised of more than 77 million members worldwide. Anglican leaders worldwide agreed to a moratorium on the blessing of same-sex unions in 2004. They also agreed to practice restraint on the consecration of bishops living in same-sex relationships, but the U.S. body has continued to defy the moratoria to the frustration of conservative Anglicans. Robert H. Lundy, spokesman for the American Anglican Council, noted that the Episcopal Church has long-blessed same-sex unions, but the latest union between Ragsdale, 52, and Lloyd, 57, is being touted as a marriage and the first lesbian marriage of two senior Episcopalian clergy at that. For many people, this is splitting hairs, Lundy commented. It may be the the first time it's been called a marriage, but it's nothing new. All this would do for others around the communion is further illustrate what we've been saying here, he said. And the ACC has long stated that the Episcopal Church has departed from traditional Christian and Anglican communion teaching. For most people, they already broke the camel's back a long time ago, Lundy said. Last year, the Episcopal Church consecrated its openly gay bishop despite calls by the wider Anglican Anglican communion to practice gracious restraint. As a consequence, the Episcopal Church was suspended from participating in Ecumenical Dialogues or stripped of any decision making powers on the Inter Anglican Standing Commission on Unity, Faith and Order, a body that examines issues of doctrine and authority. Okay, I said I was gonna only read a couple of paragraphs. But then as I started getting through it, I realized that it's probably best to go ahead and bring all of this out so that the audience will know right up front about the, the various little nuances concerning this uh, whole situation. So the first thing that comes to mind here is, you know, why is this particular marriage causing so much contention? Because, you know, as far as I understand, brothers, they're not violating any any laws or anything in the United States I mean, it's same-sex marriage in, in Massachusetts where they got married It was legalized in 2004 So, Abijah, what's the problem here?
1: Well, <clears throat> I'm going to start off with Romans chapter 3 And I'm going to read verses 3 and 4 It says, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Verse 4 God God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy saying and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Because when Paul was dealing with this subject, he was dealing with basically the the issue of salvation, being uh, allowed to come to the Gentiles or those of Israel that were scattered abroad and not just for those who knew that they were Israel and uh, part of the Levitical priesthood. But the point is still the same, because a lot of people don't want to believe the Scriptures. A lot of people don't want to believe it as it is written and make up their own doctrine. Because that's why he said, it about, that's what he said about their beliefs, shall the unbelief make the faith of God without effect. He says, God forbid, meaning no. Okay, the Lord forbids that. He says, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar as it is written. So that means that if we call ourselves Christians, if we call ourselves believing, you know, uh, wanting to believe in this Bible, then we have to let God be true as it is written. Why? It tells us in the latter part of verse 4, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So the justification is not us coming with our own doctrine or not us coming with our own reasoning on why we are allowed or not allowed to do certain things. And to be overcome when we are judged is basically going into when people say, well, that's not right. Or, well, how do you know that this is right? When people judge, basically they want to, you know, pick apart and say what's right or wrong, we always refer back to what's written in the scriptures, which is the word of the Heavenly Father, because that's what we're all supposed to be following. So now, having said that, the question you asked was, what is wrong with that? When you read back into Genesis, when he formed Adam, I'm going to read that. Okay? And I'm just going to go straight to the point. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. It says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And all throughout the scriptures when you look at a marriage, the examples that are given are between a man and a woman. You do not see two men getting married. That's called fornication or that's called sodomy. And you don't see two women getting married in the scriptures. That also falls in the line of fornication. So what they're doing according to the scriptures as it is written is uh, is fornication, and that should not be allowed in the church. They're breaking the commandments of the heavenly Father.
0: Okay, but but they're not violating any, any laws in the United States, right?
1: As far as you know. Well, because the laws, they, of, the they, States, the case, the laws of the United States. The laws of the United States. Uh huh. It's not about them being arrested as far as the laws of the land, okay? Well, it, it it's legal to do a lot of things according to the law of the land. It's legal to for two people to. Uh, Engage in the consensual premarital sex But according to the Bible That's labeled as fornication as well So this issue has nothing at all To do with the legality As far as the uh, secular world is concerned It has to deal with the legality According to the scriptures And those that profess themselves to be Christians And holding up this Bible in their hands And preaching the word of God
3: If I could add a point here Absolutely You know and like you said, I, I understand the emphasis is on the, 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 the United States law. But, I mean, for us, and if you're planning and hoping and wishing for the world to come, the world which Christ, the Jesus Christ of the Bible is going to rule from one end of this earth to the next, and, and you, you pre- you're preparing your life in, in, the, in the name of repentance in, in the Christ of the Bible, this stuff is all, 100% 180 degrees away from the righteousness of the Heavenly Father. So it's, it's not about, we're, we're not about, oh, it's, it's okay in this world. We're talking of the world to come. In, in this world here, you you can do what you want to do, but according to the Scriptures, you can't do all the things which you want to do that are against what the Heavenly Father commanded us and in, um, in, um, ordained for man to keep. Okay? The children of this world chiefly and all others. Okay, because we all are supposed to follow the word of the Heavenly Father. And and according to this this this, this thing that this subject that we're speaking of is off. It's wickedness and and it won't get and you think you're planning for that kingdom to come, you're gonna be judged unworthy for that kingdom.
0: Okay. Now John, I hear what you're saying, but can you see how somebody might listen to you and they might say, Well, John, those those are your words. Uh these people why should they have to strictly go by the Bible? You know, they, they are clergy, members of the clergy They are high up in the church Shouldn't they have the moral sense and so forth To understand what's right and wrong And to go about doing so And can't, shouldn't we have enough sense to go ahead and trust That since they are high up in the clergy and so forth That they're exercising that right, righteous moral sense And that there's nothing wrong with what they're doing Well,
3: you, who's clergy? We've got questions to ask Who's clergy? Is it, is it the, the body of the, the Christ or the Bible? Or is it something man came up with? Is it, what did Christ say? His establishment, his rules, the doctrine? Is it going with that? Just because someone says that there of the clergy. clergy what clergy are we speaking of? Satan? Okay, so it, so the thing is, Christ left us clear examples of things to set up his, his body. in, and, and one of these things is not lesbian marriage, much less uh, two men married, because those things are just, the word of the heavenly father Okay Those things. We can we can get into that that's, It's clear it, It's very clear So there's a problem And there's something That's got to be corrected ain't the word of the heavenly father So
0: they're too with us Okay all right. yeah, Can I ask a John. question directly yeah, Absolutely Go
1: ahead uh, I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off But you said You may no, yeah. ask the question You know With them being the clergy Are very high up They should mm-hmm. Of all people Know the scriptures More so than anyone Right Exactly. So, I
0: mean, not only know the scriptures, but actually have been exercised in a sense about what's right and wrong, so that people can look at look to them as an example, and and uh, and have and, and be able to trust that they're going to have a correct example because they are high up in the clergy. I mean, they you know they've been in this stuff. They're professionals uh-huh. at it. You know more okay. so than anybody else. You know you got the laymen in the church, and then you got the pros, and they're, they're supposedly the, they're, the, they're the pros.
1: So why mm-hmm. can't you
0: look to them and say they made this decision? It's an example. It's a decision I can trust.
1: Okay, well let's read Malachi chapter two verse seven. This is what the Lord said concerning the clergy or the priests. Malachi chapter two verse seven: For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. So the scriptures clearly tells us that those people in that position of a priest, okay, that they should keep knowledge. The knowledge that it's talking about it tells you further on that they should seek the law at his mouth. So the knowledge that we as people are going to seek of these priests is the knowledge of the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Heavenly Father and how to receive that salvation. Okay, it says why. It says, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. So it's showing you that, yeah, they're supposed to know and understand what is right and wrong, but according to what? According to the Bible, not according to their own mind. But let's read verse 8. It says, but ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, said the Lord of hosts. So now, here the Lord was dealing with the priests in the nation of Israel when he said that they have corrupted the covenant of Levi. It's showing you even back then our people were not following the commandments. They were uh, breaking his commandments and committing all types of atrocities such as idolatry and fornication and things of that nature. But the same thing is happening now because the priests were supposed to direct the people in the commandments of the Heavenly Father, and now in these days and times the priest's job has not changed. But the priests are still doing the exact same thing. They're causing the people to stumble at the law because you won't read anything about our Lord Jesus Christ uh, condoning these acts. Because okay. so he's the law now. <laughs> what he says goes. And he didn't say anything contrary to what was written in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, he came and gave us the the full understanding of it in, his, uh, in that reformation of the new covenant.
0: Okay. All right. Kabar, I, I hear what about is saying here, okay? But when you take a look at the church, what you see is not only situations where you have uh, lesbians and engaged and, and so forth In the church But you also have people That are divorced in the church And the Bible speaks against that But where do you ever hear anybody Having any real objection About somebody who's divorced Remarrying in the church You just don't hear about it So now if those things are not addressed Why is anybody Why are people getting up in the arms About somebody deciding that you know uh, We're same sex They love each other and all this stuff They want to get married So why is that a problem? these other things continue to go on. I mean, you've got, you've got people, they have sex before marriage, they have sex with people who they're not married to while they're married, and then they divorce and then go and marry somebody else. And the scripture tell you, clearly tells you that that's adultery unless you divorce for the, for the reason of
2: fornication. And and this is the issue that we're dealing with today. We're talking about just one issue among the many uh problems or sins being allowed to be committed in the so-called churches of the world today. If you go back to the article, uh, you hear a lot of many statements that so-called uh, church leaders or or people on councils are saying um, uh, the communion acts and you know, to there's, there's the exercise restraint, Resolutions being made that allow people to do to, um, you know, uh, hold these uh, uh, um, ceremonies that allow same sex marriages to go on. You see a lot of man made uh, um, traditions of men and commandments of men being obeyed rather than the commandments of God. And that's what Christ's statement against. You look at Mark the 7th chapter and on and on in the scriptures is that. Men are upholding the commandments of men. Like the scripture says, full well you, you, you put away the commandments of God that you may keep your own traditions. And that's all we're seeing in the churches today. It's not about putting one sin over the other or illuminating one over the other. It's about looking at what's according to the scriptures and what's not and getting rid of the sins that are being committed in the churches so that it can be the body that Christ said it's supposed to be. So we're just dealing with this one issue. but There are many issues. Some of them you've already raised. Now with this one particular issue, we're dealing with so-called same-sex marriage. There is no such thing. When you look in the Scriptures, marriage is only between a man and a woman, now in Christ under God. That's it. Anything outside of that, the Scriptures call that fornication. Hebrews 13 and 4 tells you marriage is honorable and all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. So marriage, as the Bible clearly defines, is a man and a woman under God, according to his commandments in Christ. That's marriage. Anything outside of what I just stated, according to the scriptures, that's dishonorable, the bed is defiled, you are a whoremonger or an adulterer, you are a fornicator, And like the scripture says, God will judge, like this situation we're reading about here. There's so many things wrong with this. Number one, you got two women coming together in a union and wanting to call it marriage. That's one thing that's wrong with it. The second thing is that they commit a fornication. Another thing is that that not only the uh, elders or deacons, so-called, are allowing it to happen, but the congregation is allowing it to happen. And... These women shouldn't even be in the positions of deacons and elders in the first place, according to the scriptures. You go into Timothy uh, 1 Corinthians, I'll start, chapter 14, verse 34. And this is just one of the issues that's wrong with this situation that we're reading, as far as one of the commandments also being broken, as far as how Christ set up the churches. So we know these women are committing fornication. We know that it's not marriage that they don't, but they actually promoting for uh, uh, wickedness or fornication. But another thing that they're doing is they are taking a church out of order. First Corinthians fourteen thirty four tells you, let your woman keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they but they are commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law. If you want clarification, go to first Timothy chapter four and eleven and twelve it tells you, let the woman learn in silence With all subjection But I suffer not a woman to teach Nor to usurp authority Over the man But to be in silence Now what is that actually talking about Were you in in First first Timothy About the qualifications of the deacon And bishops And elders And they're speaking about men That are going to be in these positions Like it always has spoken about men in these positions Since Genesis And nothing has ever changed from that and they gave you the qualifications before these men can even take these offices, and women were not supposed to hold these offices. That's why this, these scriptures was written because things were being taken out of order. Men wanted to exercise, women wanted to exercise their own so-called liberty and and you know uh, freedom for all, but they're doing it in the wrong type of way, and that's why uh, the brother spurs spoke to Paul to put these things back in order. Now, now there, is, there is an office for women, and there is a portion that they're going to be teaching, but it's not in the capacity of a deacon or a bishop or an elder. Titus, the second chapter, gives you that office that the women were going to be keeping and their capacity of teaching. When it tells you Titus chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, The age women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers not give it too much wine, teachers of good things, okay? So they're going to be teachers of good things. But to who and what capacity? Verse 4, Titus chapter 2, it says, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good and obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So if they're doing anything outside of it or breaking any of it, then what are they doing? They're causing the word of God to be blessing because they take the Bible in their hands, but they live a life of sin like we see these two women in this church doing.
0: Okay. Now, you just open up a whole other can of worms, which we're not going to address. And we do have uh, a visitor to the virtual living room. Uh, before we get to that visitor, uh, what I'd like to do is to um, uh, go to a, a break um, and um, – after we come back from the break We'll get back to the visitor But let me let the, everyone in the audience know That what we're discussing right now Is a situation in the Episcopal Church Where on New Year's Day There were two clergy members uh, Who happened to get married And you might ask why is that a problem Well the, the problem, the controversy is These two clergy members Happen to be of the same sex They're lesbians uh, these, this, is, we are the Brothers in the Virtual Living Room of the Body of Christ Church and we will be back with you shortly
4: If you've enjoyed today's program and you live in the Atlanta area we invite you to view our public access television program For Fulton County, please tune in to Body of Christ on People TV Channel 24 every Sunday at 1.30pm or for DeKalb County on Comcast Channel 25 Every Monday at two PM. And now back to today's show. The Body of Christ Church invites you to listen to all our programs on Blog Talk Radio. These programs are meant to edify the listener regarding repentance and good works that come to the Holy Scriptures. The weekly program schedule is Sunday at two PM, Tuesday at eight PM, Wednesday at seven PM. Friday at 7 p.m. and Saturday at 9 a.m. all Eastern Standard Time. Our Spanish broadcast is at 11:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time each Saturday at BlogTalkRadio.com/ICDC. Please accept our invitation to call in to our show at 646-716-7749. Your comments or questions are eagerly encouraged, whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program. Again, call in now. Please dial 646-716-7749. Shalom, brothers and sisters. My name
2: is Hush from the body of Christ Church in Waterbury. I would like to take this time to invite you or anyone you know that lives in or is planning to visit the Waterbury area of Connecticut. That's covering the areas of Waterbury, Middlebury, Prospect, and Walker, so tune to tune into our show, Revelation of the Testament, airing every Saturday at 12 noon to 1 p.m. on Channel 13. And may the most high in Christ bless your understanding and increase the fruits of your righteousness.
0: We are, we're back with you And uh, what we're discussing today Are the uh, two lesbian clergy members Of the Episcopal Church That have gotten married uh, This has caused uh, quite a bit of uh, controversy In, in uh, the Anglican Church Which uh, apparently is a part uh, Or the presiding body Over the uh, Episcopal Church um, I don't know if I'm correct about that or not But they have some type of relationship there And it's causing uh, controversy in, in both bodies um, before we uh, went to break We did have a visitor to step in uh, To the virtual living room And visitor, you're coming to us uh, From uh, Area code 111 Looks like you dialed in from your computer So if you would go ahead and give us your name And your coming a question please
5: Okay, hey, my name is Lee, I'm calling from Memphis Thanks for allowing me on Okay, Lee, welcome Thank you, uh, listen very few times has Jesus ever i got a comment very few times is okay. Jesus ever mentioned marriage in the gospels, uh, but if you go to if we look at Matthew nineteen verses one through six, you have Pharisees that challenge Jesus on marriage is it is it is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife and I think it's really if people look at this, Jesus refers back to genesis two twenty four where he says for this reason a man shall leave his mother and father. Cling unto his wife He should become one flesh And so on And what God has joined together Let no man separate So I have this um, This little thing I do That if I want to know What God's trying to say Or what God means for me in my life I like to refer to the commandments And then I like to refer to Genesis The beginning of creation To see what God meant for, uh, for To see what God meant for us And how for for us to behave for. Mm-hmm. I'm tongue-tied today, man I'm sorry but, you know, no, not only in time. the Episcopal Church, brother, but if you look at some of the, the the Lutheran Church in San Francisco, and not just there, but it's spreading throughout the emergent church, and we see it spreading throughout the uh, mega churches. And what's happening is a lot of these people, like these two lesbian Episcopals, and I've had this debate with several people that call themselves gay Christians, is that they'll take that justification part of our salvation, they'll throw away the sanctification part of the salvation. Thus they've become antinomians or against God's law, and they think that the death and resurrection of Christ that, that he provided for us for, for the payment of our sins um, is nothing more than a license to sin, and that's what we're seeing in these churches today. Oh, Christ paid for my sins. He paid for them all. God will continue to forgive my sins, but there's no sanctification. You don't see any regeneration going on in their heart. And that's how it's kind of infiltrated through this uh, greasy grace kind of doctrine in that I can do what I want and God loves me. And so they become antinomian and think I don't need sanctified and glorified.
0: Well, uh, Lee, I tell you, I, you know, I, I think, uh, the brothers, do you agree with me that Lee is hitting on some very valid points here? Oh, yes. What, Lee, it oh, sounds yeah. like you are a person that, um, you know, has studied the Bible at least a little bit <laughs> uh, Let <laughs> me ask you a question <laughs> yeah. um, Why do you think, this? you know, the same-sex marriage thing is something that's, that's sort of like a, a, a relatively new phenomenon But the, the lesbian, the gay relationships and so forth They have been going on in the church, but it's been kind of hush-hush for a long time now. And then you have other type of um, relationships and things that take place in the church that shouldn't take place. You know, you read the Bible, and you understand the things about marriage. You understand the laws surrounding uh, sex and fornication and so forth. Why is it that you think that these things are allowed to go on and prevail in the church for, I mean, centuries?
5: Well, I did a show the other day, and I refer back to Romans 5, verses 12 through 17, which speaks of the Adamic nature of man and how through Adam sin came into the world and through sin, death, and that even though we're in Christ, we still have the propensity to sin because we live in this flesh. We're still from the loins of Adam. We haven't been glorified or resurrected from the dead and become like Christ yet. There's several reasons, guys. It's 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 because I really think and this is just this is just my theory. If you look at the gospel preachers of old, you can go back to the uh, Reformation of, uh, or you can go back to during the revolutionary times, the Puritans, even before then. The main message of the gospel has been changed, brothers. It used to be repent. The gospel Jesus preached was repent from your sin, turn from dead works, and turn to faith in Christ. Now look at the gospel that is being preached now is, hey, God loves you, send it up, he'll forgive you. So we're, 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 we're no longer afraid, nor, long, nor are we no longer to fe- We're not taught to fear God or keep his commandments anymore. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that, that's what I think. If you go back and look at the Puritan okay. preachers, it scary scare you to death. I mean, repent or you're going to hell. And that's not the message we're hearing from the pulpit anymore. We're hearing Joel Osteen and your best life now, and God's going to give you whatever you want, and don't worry about being a human. God forgives you and loves you. But see, people quote John 3.16 and 3.17 all the time, but they leave out John 18 and Romans 6.23 that says the wages of sin is death. And they leave out the part in John eight three eighteen where it says that those who don't believe are condemned and believe is nothing believe isn't just a head faith, believe is a verb, it's an action. If you truly are a believer in Christ, it's going to look like something. That's my opinion. We're not preaching repentance anymore. Okay.
0: All right. Well, uh let me let me go to your brother's uh Yoannathon. Uh same question. You know, you you got the church that's been around since since Christ, essentially. Okay? And it, it appears to me, just in my sh- short life, that uh, these sins have become more and more prevalent. They, you know, when I was a kid, these sins were going on in the church, but they 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 weren't uh, showcased to the degree that they are now. I mean, there may have been someone who divorced and remarried, and when I was a kid, uh, if they, they may have done that, may have still been able to attend church, but there was some type of shame or scorn associated with it. Nowadays, this happens, it's commonplace, and there's no shame or scorn that's associated with it. Why is this taking place in the church, you want to tell? Uh, I'm
3: going to go to First Corinthians. It, it's easy to, to know why this is, is going on. It's because of the wickedness, the lust of man, that they're fulfilling the lust of their flesh, and not being obedient, like this caller called in and said, to the words of Christ, to the doctrine of Christ, to repentance. First Corinthians uh 5 and verse 6, it says, Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. It says on in verse 7, Purge out for the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. So the thing is, corruption creeps in. So now let's just take this lesbian two women calling themselves married, and, and number one, on one level, calling themselves priests, and then on another level, calling themselves married. So now they're doing this, and you know Christ is not about hypocrisy. Like he, he always, what, uh, reproved the Pharisees and call them hypocrites, in, in like in Matthew 23. So now they're going to do their lust and their uh, works of the flesh in order to affection. How are they going to correct someone who's stealing? Something as simple as stealing or something, um, jealousy, okay, or envious. You see what I'm saying? The scriptures tell you a little leaven, leaven the whole lump. So over time, this one got away with that one. So now this man in the back, he's a whoremonger. And now this guy here, he's gay. And then this woman over here, she, she wants to marry another one. That's why, because corruption is in it.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And
3: and and that's the that's the answer. That's, that's why this madness is going on in this world here, that we're even talking about. It's filth, okay? 'Cause um, this—excuse my vernacular—but two women slurping on one another is not of the heavenly father. That stuff is oh, magic. That's madness. <clears throat> and it's got nothing <clears throat> to do <throat> with the heavenly father. Yes, okay.
1: sir. Okay.
3: And, thank, uh, you.
0: thank you. you. Go
3: ahead. You want just to just one stop? more thing. Uh, Matthew 7 and 5 Christ even said it in, in Matthew the seventh chapter, verse five. He said, "Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye." And then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Okay, so get that small sin, that wickedness, that leaven out of you. Okay, before you go in and deal with your brothers. In this case, with this, uh, this these women here, and this whole issue here, is all wickedness on all levels. You got to cleanse and purge yourself of wickedness, then go and do what deal with your brother. But first, stop being a hypocrite. Can I add one more thing before I go?
0: Sure thing.
5: Okay, I'm going to go on this in First Corinthians. Here's another issue that we're seeing. If you go to First Corinthians, and forgive me for not knowing exactly where it's at, but you you guys will remember this. You see Paul um, dealing with the Corinthian church when he says, you know, I've heard I've heard from among you people that there's someone there's a man there that is sleeping with his father's wife. Now, what is Paul's instruction to that person who's caught in sexual morality? He says, take that person. Get him away from you Get him out of the church Turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh That perhaps God might save his soul I'll leave that open for interpretation for you guys But I know that Paul says that When we're the ecclesia or the called out We're supposed to get those people out from among us Until they repent and they show True fruits of repentance But today we're just accepting anything into the church Hey God bless you guys Great show and thank you for letting me on
0: Okay Lee thank you for coming on
5: Wow. Uh,
1: you are, <laughs> wow. Yeah, he actually went there.
2: <laughs>
0: it, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh about the same same question for you that I asked to uh uh Lee and your you know, mm-hmm. if if these things are, are are prevalent in the church, same-sex marriage, uh the fornication, uh the adultery and so forth, the divorce and remarriage. If these things uh, prevail in the church, why are they prevailing? Because they, they're against the scriptures. They're against the, the law. They're against the, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. You know, so how is it that these things uh, prevail more and more day by day?
4: Well, the,
1: the, the, church. Question, the, the question has already been answered because basically you have those that are willing to give themselves over to the lust of the flesh and not more so try to work on and nurture the, the fruit okay. of the spirit, you know. I'm going to just read real quick here in Galatians, the fifth chapter. It says, this I say then, this is 5 and 16, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because some of the things that they ordained in their councils was that they pra- uh, practiced restraint, okay? They didn't just come out and say that it was wrong. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go back to the article, okay? It says, uh, Anglican, Anglican leaders worldwide agreed to a moratorium, basically meaning a pause or a stoppage, of the blessings of same-sex unions in 24. They also agreed to practice restraint on the consecration of bishops living in same sex relationships. It says, but the U.S. body has continued to defy the moratoria to the frustration of conservative Anglicans. So the thing is, is that <clears throat> instead of just coming out and saying that, according to as it is written, that this is not correct according to the scriptures, thus saith the Lord, they just said, well, we just want you to practice restraint. Okay, we want you to not engage in those things It's like, no, listen, this is the commandments of the Heavenly Father This is wrong, this is not allowed Okay But you have those that want to give into the lust of the flesh And to persuade men to, and women to follow that doctrine of Satan And that's why those things are allowed to are being allowed into the church Because I think we got a little bit more time left But um, I actually wanted to address one of those things that uh, Lee had brought out When I said that he went there because what he said as far as those that don't want to repent and, you know, they just want to basically remain in their sins, that they have to, they can't remain among us, that's actually according to the Scriptures as well.
0: Right, right. And, and he brought it out. Think that's, isn't that 1
1: Corinthians chapter 5? Uh, I believe so. As a matter of yeah. fact, I, I'll get that just uh, very briefly. I think Kabar might already have it.
2: No, it, it is First Corinthians chapter 5 when it was going into the the issue of fornication, uh, you know, that Lee did bring out about um, the man laying with his wife. And and the judgment was, you know, Paul said, I've judged this thing in spirit, even though he's not with them in flesh. And when they come together, that they, they live with such a one unto Satan, right? It says for the destruction of the body that the spirit may be saved. Now, you know, Lee's understanding kind of uh waned in the on the latter part of that because that destruction of the flesh is talking about that man and his sins, all right? His knowing it says knowingly, because when you put Hebrews the sixth chapter together with that first Corinthians five, it goes into, you know, knowingly committing these sins after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice. That's what we're talking about in sins unto death. That's what we're talking about. That's why it's not a matter of, well, the man can just decide, you know, if he you know, if he just don't sleep with no more women, then it's okay, you know, let him back in. It's, it's not that type of situation. we talk talking about sins unto death. That man, the judgment in that man of the Lord, but he can't fellowship with the body. If not, well, he can come back later on. So that's the situation that we're dealing with as far as that that commandment. But you asked a question about, you know, why are these things becoming more and more prevalent uh, being allowed to go on, why? Look the deterioration. I believe that's really what you're trying to ask in the church. Why does why is the church deteriorating and getting going lower and lower? The standards are being lowered and lowered, and people are living exactly. more simple and more simple lives. Right? That's what you're asking.
0: Exactly. And 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 also, I like to ask along with that, which is very relevant. Is it just the the Episcopal and Anglican Church?
2: You know, it's, 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 it's every it's every man made doctrine that you have. It's Episcopal, uh, Baptist, uh, 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 L- Lutheran, um, Calvin, whatever whatever denomination, sort of speak, that man has uh, come up with to divide the Church of Christ into so many different splinter groups. All of them, you see, in the same type of behavior. It's not isolated to the Anglican Church or anything like that. Right. When you when you look at why it's going on, uh, before Paul, uh, time was coming to an end. He brought the church leaders together asked, uh, in Acts, in the book of Acts, I believe it's the 17th chapter or the 20, 22nd chapter, and he was telling them when he when he was gone, he, uh, grievous wolves are going to come in. men was going to start. The, the, basically, when he left, the deterioration was going to start. In uh, Second Timothy 3 and 1, it gives the warning about it. Second Timothy 3 and 1, and this is talking about in the body of Christ. It says, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And it's talking about in the church. And it's going to describe those perilous times, verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. But that's why you got people, the mega churches. They seek a filthy lucre, robbing the people of you know of their of their money or whatever, and the people allow it because they tell them what they want to hear, stretch their sinful itch, and allow them to continue to sin. So I give you money, you tell me it's okay to sin, and we that's the agreement. That's what you have going on in today's churches. Verse three says, "Without natural aff- affection, meaning no love among brethren." It says, "Truth breaker truth, truth breakers." false accusers, incontinent meaning you can't, uh, no temperance. It says, fierce despisers of those that are good. It says, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. That's what you're saying. That's a deterioration that Paul, through the Spirit, spoke about that was going to happen after he was gone when grievous wolves would come in, not sparing a flock, but making merchandise of the people and then the people allowing it to happen so that they can continue in sin. But the doctrine that Christ preached in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, is repentance. And he said from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is the doctrine, not, not uh, you know, do whatever you want, God loves you no matter what. That is not the doctrine of Christ. And that's why you have the deterioration going on in the church. Because the doctrine of Christ, which is repentance, is not being taught and enforced. Right. Okay. If I could add, sure. I could
3: add yeah. on Matthews 18 and 20, about um, in the church, let's let's see what Christ says in Matthew 18 and 20. says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst no. of them. No. So, like the brother named churches, the thing is, we're not saying that... Our body of Christ's church, where we, you know, we are Israelites repenting, coming to the Heavenly Father. It's not just us, but where anyone, wherever you are, if you're coming together in the name of the Christ of the Bible, that means if you're doing what he says, applying what he says, teaching what he says, reproving yourself, purging you like Christ says, that's you truly coming together in the name of Christ. Then Christ truly is there, okay? But a lot of places that call themselves churches, it's not the church, not establishment, not after the doctrine of Christ, but they're not doing what Christ said in that verse. They're not coming together in his name. They're making excuses. They're making, um, um, it's left, like we said about the leavening, the hypocrisy, hypocrisy, and then Christ is not in the midst of that. So the thing is, in this show, we warn warning and telling people that truly want to repent and looking for that kingdom of Christ that's coming from one end of this earth to the next. Make sure you you're in the doctrine in the name of Christ, dealing what He says and applying, and 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 to beware of all these false um, doctrines and philosophies of men that lead you to destruction.
0: Beautiful words, Yawansan. We do have another visitor into the virtual living room. And visitor, uh, you are also coming to us. Looks like you're calling from your computer. If you would go ahead and give us your name and your comment or question, please.
6: Hello, great uh, show, like usual. Stanley in the call i uh, I'm listening okay. to what you're a great show I'm listening to what you're saying. I have to say I have to disagree a little bit with what you're saying because I did some study and I researched a little bit about the whole homosexuality part, and through studies and everything it's been proven that people do become gays or lesbian. People are what they are It's either a person is heterosexual or it's not. Women don't become lesbian they, they they become lesbian because they don't like men. You know, they're not attracted to them, they don't like them, they were born that way and everything. Some of them become that way later on in life, but some of them are born that way. You know, and it's been proven scientifically, it's been proven by nature, it's been proven by a lot of things. So when you're coming back with the Bible and telling you this and that, there's a lot of things in science that have been proven that the Bible doesn't used to say that doesn't apply anymore. And you know, there's a lot of things that you say that we should follow the Bible, but what I find very hard about you people is that like you pick and choose what you want in the Bible. You say we should follow the Bible exactly. So in that right. case, what, how come when somebody, like I know there's a saying in the Bible, if somebody cheats, you're supposed to take her somewhere and just throw rocks on her until she dies. And that's in the Bible. So you can't pick okay. and choose what you want in the Bible. And that's what okay. I feel a lot of uh, times you're doing and everything, you know. Those women or those men didn't become gay. It's it's proven genetically you're born. Before you're born, it's in your genes that you have a chromosome that's missing. That's why you became gay. All right.
0: All right, Stanley. Well, thank you so much uh, for those comments, um, brothers. I want you to go ahead and respond to a few things that Stanley said here. Uh, well, before you before you do, let Stanley, let me ask you one question though, just to kind of qualify what we're talking about here. Uh, the information that you got re- re- pertaining to uh, how uh, men and women become gay or lesbian. Well, where, where what's the source of the information? Because obviously, it didn't come from the Bible. So, what was
6: the source? No, of the information? I, I could go. I could I could send you the information. I don't have all the information. Ladies, the from different books that I, I read and us. everything It'll
0: be fine. You can just tell it to me. Uh, I mean it's not, I don't it's have not the information. I'm pin you I, down on anything
6: yeah, yeah I don't have the information with me But I can find it with you I can send it to you by email The books that I have read and everything that I've Talked about that I have no problem okay, with so
0: that Okay these are, so these are like um, uh, Medical journals of some sort Yes That's yes yes, 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 okay, yes. Gotcha. No
6: problem I have no All problem right. sending you that
0: So so brothers you see Stanley has, has uh, Information from medical journals And you, you know if you know anything about medical journals, you have people that have studied for a long time to uh, become expert in the information that they are sharing with the public pertaining to various things that go on in our lives, okay, whether they are uh, oncologists, whether they are psychologists, whether they're sociologists, so on and so forth. Uh, so Stanley has gone here, gone to, to these sources, and he's got information there that uh, it lends credibility to the fact that it's okay for someone to be gay, a lesbian, et cetera, et cetera. So, brothers, how did you respond to that? Because he also uh, made another point about people picking and choosing from the scriptures, you know, which it, it, don't you think that's wrong for someone to go in the scriptures and pick and choose? You know, I want to do this law, but that law I don't want to do. You know, he, he cited the, the instance about stoning someone for the act of adultery. You know, uh, you, you know, you can't
1: uh, pick and yeah, choose he, and he, say you can't pay tithes and then like, stone this woman for adultery. I, I can address all the, three of those points a, a very quickly. A lot of different. Uh, I can address three Let's of those points very quickly. Yeah, first okay. and foremost, okay. just going into the whole thing about people born a certain way, yeah, the Lord dealt with that. Mark chapter 7 and verse 21. For within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. So the Lord told us that, yeah, we have these things. The scriptures also tell you that, what, we were born in sin. But let's read Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. And you who were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, ye now have he reconciled. So it's going to show you, yes, sin does dwell into our, dwell in our bodies and in our minds, Specifically that it says that what And those are the things that made us alienated From the most high and enemies But it says that what now has he reconciled us Meaning that death and resurrection of Jesus Christ Has reconciled us to the father When we repent from those things And keep his commandments Verse 22 in the body of his flesh Through death to present you holy And unblameable and unreprovable In his sight and here's the stipulation In 23 if ye continue In the faith grounded and settled And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven where I call and made a minister. So that hope is, yeah, we know that we have different issues that we deal with. Some people deal with being a lesbian, some people deal with being a homosexual, some people deal with being a murderer, some people deal with idolatry all the way down the line. All of those things that are contrary to the commandments. But the hope is is that, yeah, we did those things, but once we received the knowledge and understanding of Jesus Christ, we don't do those things anymore and we continue to beat those things down and repent from those things. Also, going into addressing the point about uh, the law of, of death, okay, when a woman that was caught in adultery, anyone that was caught in adultery, the, the law for that, I mean, the, the judgment for that is death. He's actually correct. You can read about that in Exodus and in, within the first five books. But we see the example the example in John. I'm just going to go straight to the point. In John chapter 8, verse 10, because they actually caught a woman in the act of adultery, and they asked Christ, what was she worthy of? Verse 10, it says, When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee. Verse 11, she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So the point is, it's not about picking and choosing. It's about having an understanding of Christ and applying it. People do do a lot of things.
5: let me mm-hmm. let me just
0: break in one one second. In a sense, those two scriptures you just brought out kind of speaks to Stanley's point, doesn't it? Because in one instance, in one scripture in the Old Testament, it says that you're supposed to take them out and you stone them with stones. Okay, but now people have a tendency to choose the one in the New Testament, which says, "Where are your accusers now? Go and sin no more." Why choose that one? Why not choose the one in the Old Testament?
1: Because the Lord well, said, the "This body is body my is. son in whom I will please." Hear ye him. The time is basically right now. The time for repentance means that this is the time that the Lord has given us to get our act together and repent from those acts because this is a state of execution, meaning that judgment that we're supposed to receive for breaking his commandments.
0: Okay. You want to say, you have something that you said?
3: Yeah. Uh, first of all, you know, I'm glad that the caller called in, but
6: Absolutely. there is
3: no contradiction in the scriptures. There is no contradiction in the scriptures. And the word of the Heavenly Father stands, um, stands sure and sound. And it was at a time when the Heavenly Father did allow, um, um, uh, like the brothers brought out, in the case of adultery or so even homosexuality and things of that nature, wickedness of that nature, the judgment was still stoned them. But then when Christ came, like the brother brought out, like, it, like the scriptures bring out in Matthew 17 and 5, it says, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So now there's been a change in the doctrine. But so let it be known, when Christ comes this last time forever, if you're still doing those acts, you're going to be put to death. So now, so it's showing you there's a, a grace and, a, and and a time of getting yourself together. It's called repentance. And, and then when that time comes, that those doors are going to be shut. Okay. And then also on the point of uh, the heavenly Father, His word is true. Okay, and and, and from the beginning, if I want to get description 7, Ecclesiastes 7 and 29, where, like, I don't, like, if you got journals and stuff that doctors and men come up with to prove a case in point, let's prove what the Almighty says from the beginning. Uh, Second, I mean, Ecclesiastes 7 and 29 says, Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. So the Heavenly Father did not make a man or a woman to lust after another man if you're a man and if you're a woman to lust after another woman. If you sought out your own inventions, your own thoughts, like it brings out in Romans the first chapter, the Lord left you in your reprobate mind. So those things, who cares about those journals and all? The word of the Lord is short. And the word of the Lord says those things is corrupt, and if you do those things, you shall perish.
0: I'd like to go to you for a final word And that final word I want you to address one point And that is someone Who is in any one of these Myriad of churches That happens to look out and see What's going on in the congregation Has any resemblance to the stuff that we're discussing here That's against the scriptures What should they do?
2: If if someone sees these Various things we are talking about Going on in the congregation What should they do?
0: Exactly, the congregation that they participate in, what should they do?
2: You know, the scriptures tell us Leviticus, I'll just go to it, and Christ brought out the same thing about loving your neighbor as yourself. And it says, Leviticus 19 and 17, it says, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. So if you see your brother or your sister, caught, you know, like the scripture talking in uh, Galatians, taken in a fall, you which are spiritual restore such one in the spirit of meekness, um, um, uh, uh, considering yourselves, but also be tempted. So bring the scriptures to that person, show them according to chapter and verse, the sin that they're committing, and then help them along that path of repentance if they choose to, to accept the scriptures. If they don't, then, you know, other Other things begin to transpire, but the hope is that you show that right example, listen the scriptures, of them on that path of repentance, and they accept it, repent from their sins, and, and continue to grow in Christ. That's what you're supposed to do. That's the love of Christ.
0: Okay, thank you, brother. And uh, that brings us to the closing of another program. Uh, I want to thank the brothers here on the panel. I want to thank our special guests, Lee and Stanley, and all those who are in the chat room and those listening in. And next time, we are the brothers in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at t-h-e-b-o-c-c or you can email us at bodyofchrist or call us at 877-871-1712 Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom.